Hello and welcome to the Anchor Faith Message Podcast. Enjoy this message. Would you welcome a regular in this house who's getting richly invested in me, Miss Bonnie and Pastor Daryl. Their lives are so important to me. They've spoken into my life so many times. I have the great privilege of calling them friend. And um, my wife and I all the time, when they even they pop up just to see us, I'm like, she, I said, you're in a series. She says, yeah, I know. But how do you not? I said, I know. But I'm asking because <laughs> you're in a series. We always honor those. I said, okay. So pastor's going to minister tonight. Amen. Would you give a warm anchor faith welcome to one of our own, Pastor Daryl Huffman. Well, praise the Lord. You can be seated. Amen. It's good to be with you here tonight. I'm thankful we have sound. <laughs> Hallelujah. I turned to Bonnie and I said, agree with me that I will not strain my voice as I attempt to speak out. Praise God. But we'll have a good time. And, you know, sometimes it's good to just uh, grab a guitar out and just sing unto the Lord. It, it wasn't that fun? It was kind of fun, wasn't it? Amen. That's called being instant in season and out of season, praise the Lord. So, uh, but we're excited to be here and uh, thankful for the fellowship, friendship, and the, the family relationship we have here with the church. Thank you, Pastor Earl and Miss Marcy, for letting us come in and speak into the church. Amen? How many of you are ready to receive something good from God? Hallelujah. What about the rest of you? Just, just No, amen. We're all going to get it. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we thank you now and praise you for the great privilege it is to once again open up the Word of God. Lord, we trust you grant us utterance that we can speak accurately the very truth that will set us free. And Lord, we believe that it will not just be words being spoken, but it will be empowered by the anointing of the Holy Ghost to impart the life of that Word in each and every one of us. And Lord, I pray for the Spirit of the living God to be poured out upon each and every one of us now. And Lord, we just receive that refreshing coming into our spirit, our soul, and our body. And Lord, we set our affection on those things which are above and place demand upon the anointing of God to speak into us the very thing we need. Lord, we set ourselves to be good ground. We set ourselves to hear this word, to receive this word, and to be doers of this word. And we thank you, Lord, in advance for working with us and confirming that word in our hearts and lives. And for all these things, we give you praise, glory, and honor in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Praise God. I want you to turn to Isaiah, the 43rd chapter. You know, God began to speak to me, and he said... He's going to do some new things in, in this year. And, and the Lord began to speak to me about times of refreshing and about the anointing of the Holy Spirit and the church coming back to where we're supposed to be and doing what we're supposed to do. You know, one of the things we're going to have to do this year is this. We're going to have to fall in love with the Great Commission again. What's that? Go in all the world and preach the gospel. And the world starts right outside these doors. Doesn't mean we have to go to some other nation. It means that we take what God gives us and we take it out of here and share it with other people. Amen? We should have a passion for souls. We should have a passion for people's lives being changed. Amen? And to do that, we need the Lord. Amen. Have you, have you found out, you know, you can, either the easy way or the hard way, that it's hard to do it on your own? 
It's a whole lot better when the anointing is flowing, isn't it? Amen. When God is showing up and God is doing it. And we're, and, and you know, in fact, the, the prophet Zechariah said in the fourth chapter over there, when he was speaking to Zerubbabel, he said this, here's the word of the Lord to you. You're going to do this. You're going to get this thing put back together. But it's not by your might nor by your power that you're going to get this done. But it's by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. So we need the spirit of the Lord of hosts operating in us, especially right now. Amen. And I was reading earlier, and God began to speak to me about some things, and, and, and so I'm going to jump back into this message he's given me. And in, in verse 18, the prophet Isaiah is speaking to the people, and you know, somebody says, well, this is the Old Testament. Well, so is the book of Psalms. Hallelujah. Amen. If you like the Psalms and you take things out of that, you can take something out of Isaiah. Praise God. And what you've got to learn is this. When you read in the Old Testament, Jesus didn't do away with the Old Covenant. He fulfilled it. How many of you know God is the same God today as he was in the Old Testament? Amen. If God wanted people to live right in the Old Testament, he still wants them to live right in the New. Amen. And his principles are still the same. And so we begin to bring these up in light of, who, of what we have in Christ now. And we walk in this newness of the new covenant that we have with God. And we begin to take these words and we begin to let them speak to us. And so the prophet says this, Do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. The beast of the field will honor me, the, t- the jackals and the... the Ostriches, because I give waters in the wilderness and rivers in the desert to give drink to my people. Everybody say, my people. My chosen. What's he doing all this for? It's for, all, for his people, his chosen. And he says this, this people I've formed for myself, they shall declare my praise. Now, when you begin to look at this, we, we see a picture that the people of God must be in a situation where they're not praising God. They must be in a situation where they're struggling. They're in a situation where it's dry because he said he's going to bring waters into the desert. They must be in a situation they don't know how they're going to get out because he said he's going to make a way or a road through the wilderness. Sound a little bit like the church today? Amen. And so God begins to speak out, and he says this. He starts here in verse 18. Do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. You know, in Philippians, the third chapter, in verses 13 and 14, Paul basically is saying the same thing, and he says this. He said, I've not apprehended yet. I've not arrived yet. I've not, you know, I'm not where I'm supposed to be. He says, but this is one thing that I do and I've learned to do. I forget those things which are behind and I press forward to those things which are before me. And he says, I reach out to lay hold of that for which Christ has laid hold of me. You know what Paul was saying? I'm not living in yesterday. And I'm not going to live in a fault. I'm not going to live in a failure. I'm not going to live in a bad moment. I'm not going to carry a bad moment into the next moment. Are you hearing me? Paul says, I'm going to forget. I'm going to put that behind me, whether it was a good thing or bad. You know, you you have to remember not the former things, even if they were great things. Because if you do, you stay right there. Are you listening to me? And all you do is now you got a testimony of five years ago. But you know what God is wanting to do in this hour? He wants you to have a testimony from five minutes ago. 
because you just had an encounter with the Lord and God just did a new thing in your life and God just showed you more of what he created you to do and you are pressing forward to that high calling of God in Christ Jesus and you're laying a hold of that for which God has reached down out of heaven and laid hold of you and God is saying, now don't live in the past. Live every moment with the eyes on me, pressing forward to that which I have for you. Amen? And then God begins to speak to the prophet, and he says this, Behold, I will do a new thing. Now listen to this next verse here, in verse, this next line in verse 19. He says, Now I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? Notice that shall you not know it has a question mark behind it. Right. I'm going to do a new thing. Are you really going to see it, or are you not? The Amplified reads like this. Do you not perceive and know it, and will you not give heed to it? Do you know that God can begin to do some things and you can get caught up in your problem, in your desert place, in your dry place, in what the devil's doing, the circumstances, situations, and you know you can miss what God is doing? Amen. And see, God is speaking to us. He's saying, why are you so consumed with everything that's going on around you right now? You're about to miss something great that I'm about to do. Don't you know I'm about to do a new thing? And you're caught up and you're rocking around here saying, it's so dry. It's so deserted. It's so bad. What am I going to do? God says, get out of that. I'm about to rain down on you the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Well, I don't know how we're going to get through this. I'm going to make a road through the wilderness. I'm going to make a way for you to get out of that. But if your eyes are on the problem, your eyes are on the circumstances, your eyes are on what's going bad, then you're going to miss it. You're not going to discern what God is wanting to do right now. Amen? And he says, listen, I'm going to, I'm going to give you rivers in the wilderness in verse 20. What's that mean? The, an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Rivers always you know, represent the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Remember over in John's Gospel, the seventh chapter, Jesus said, if you're thirsty... Come to me and drink, and out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. So when he says, I'm going to bring rivers, he's not just talking about, well, you know, it's going to rain for the next week, and it's going to get flooding around here. No, he's talking about you that have been dry, you that have been struggling, you that have been trying to do this on your own, you that have been out here trying to figure out what, what's wrong, God. God says, I'll tell you what I want you to do. I want you to realize I've got a new thing. Get your eyes off of the problems. Get your eyes back on me. Come and drink until I cause rivers to begin to flow out of you again. And I begin to take the dryness out of your life. And all of a sudden, you've got a praise in your mouth and not a complaint in your mouth. You've got a purpose in your life. You're not just struggling along. You're just not faltering. I'm doing a new thing in your life. Amen. And it's done by the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And then look what he says here as he gets down here to give drink to my people, my chosen. This people I have formed for myself, they shall declare my praise. You know, in 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 9, he says, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's own special people, what? That you should declare or show forth or proclaim the praises of him who did what? Who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. And verse 10, he goes on, he says, at one time you were not a people, but now you're the people of God. At one time you didn't receive grace, but now you're walking in the grace of God. You're a changed person. This people I have formed for myself that they will begin to give praise to me. 
You know what I believe the new thing that God is wanting to do this year? He is bringing us back to where our eyes are upon him and not even ourself or anything around us. And we realize that we are here in this earth to be a praise to the Lord. We are here to exalt the King of kings and Lord of lords. We are here to walk in the anointing of the Holy Ghost and be a, a just a river of God's blessing and God's anointing flowing out to a hurting, lost world. Amen? See, the Lord spoke to me and he said, one of the reasons that the, the last great move came to a close and dried up is because the ministry wanted the anointing, we wanted the signs, the wonders, we wanted the miracles, we just didn't want Jesus. We wanted to take the credit. We wanted to use all these things to build our big ministries. And we wanted God's glory. And so you see, yeah, I want the anointing flowing in the service, but I don't want everybody to know that it's the Lord. I, you know, it's okay he gets the credit, but, you know, I wanted to make sure that they come back and we build this big ministry. But you see, the trouble is, God's not going to share his glory and put it with anybody. He'll put his glory on you, but he's not going to let you share in it and take part of it. Amen? You're going to have to give him all the glory. And the Lord is saying, I'm bringing a people back to myself. You struggled in the wilderness because you made the decision to do it your way. You struggled in the wilderness because you decided you were going to do it without me. But now you're to bring you out of that wilderness. I'm going to pour my spirit in, and I'm going to form for me a people. Notice that? I'm going to form. Now, to form something, that means you've got to put some work in it, don't you? So that means what? For God to do what he wants to do, a new thing, he has to do some work in us. Amen? He's got to form in us what he wants us to be so he can put in us what he wants us to have so we can do what he wants us to do. Amen? Now, look over in Luke's Gospel, the fifth chapter. Let me show you something here about God forming us. See, for God to, to do something with us, he must first do something in us. Are you hearing me? And that's what he means when he says, this people I have formed for myself. God is working in us and working with us. How many of you know God's been dealing with you? Come on, you know. I'm not just preaching something new. I might be confirming to you. You may be thought, well, God, I thought that was just me. No, it's not you. It's God wanting to do some new things in your life. It's God wanting to take that dryness out of you. Amen. So that when you praise God, man, it's praise. Hallelujah. You're not just going through the motions. It's just not a, a, a ritual. It's, it's bless God. It's a revelation. I am praising God. Why am I praising God? Because he inhabits the praises of his people. And in his praise, there's power. His praise steals the enemy, shuts him down, and releases glory in the place. And I'm going to praise God. Because he's real in my life. Amen. So the Lord says, I'm going to have to do something in you before I can do something with you because I've got to form you to be the people that look to me and walk with me and release the rivers of God that I can release through you, but you're doing it to bring glory to me and not attention to you. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So what are we going to do? In Luke chapter 5, the Lord Jesus is speaking here to the, to the, the people, and, and we're going to pick it up here in verse uh, 37. 
Luke 5, 37, he says, And no one puts new wine into old wineskins, or else the new wine will burst the wineskins and be spilled, and the wineskins will be ruined. But new wine must be put into new wineskins, and both are preserved. And no one, having drunk old wine, immediately desires the new, for he says, The old is better. Now, the Lord is speaking here about what he's got to do to get us to a place where we can do something new and walk in a new anointing with him. Notice this. He says this. Nobody puts new wine into new old wineskins. He says, or else the new wine will burst the wineskins and be spilled and the wineskins will be ruined. And then he goes on. He says, new wine must be put into new wineskins. Now, the word new in verse 38, there's two different words that's translated new. When he says new wine, that, that word new means brand new or fresh wine. But when he says in new wineskins, that word is renewed or refreshed. Are you listening to me? And if you study this, everybody wants to get their focus on the new wine, but really the focus is on the wineskins. Are you hearing me? Jesus is saying before I can pour out the wine of the Holy Ghost, I got to fix the container. I got to do some work on the bottle before I can fill it up. Amen. And so he says, I can't put this new thing I'm doing in old wineskins because if I do, they aren't ready for it and they'll blow up and they'll miss it and they'll mess it up and, and it'll just spill out. Nobody will get any good out of it. So God says, before I can pour this new wine of the Holy Ghost and this power into these wineskins, guess what? They've got to be renewed. And you see the old wineskins he's talking about, you know, in the old days, you know, whenever you see them, you see some of the old people, they, they were skins, they were leather. And, and you know, they had a, a place and a cork in the top and all this stuff, and they would put the wine in, they'd strap it over the camel and they'd take off, Amen. Well, I got to studying some of this out, and I said, Lord, you got to renew the wineskins before you can bring in the new wine. That means you got to get us ready before you can do the new thing. Amen? If you're going to pour out the Holy Ghost in a greater way, guess what? you got to get us ready for that move because you can't pour him into us the way we are. you got to do a work in us. There's a renewal that needs to take place in us, the church, before he can do this new work that he's wanting to do. And so I began to study this out, and I found out there was a two-step process to renewing the wineskins. The first thing they did is they took this old wineskin, and, you know, as, as they traveled across the dry places and stuff, they, the, the skin would pick up dirt, and it would get you know, the debris, and it would just get all the things in the, you know, and it would just, just you know, be a nasty, dirty, you know, things in it. And so they would take this, and I, and I found this, I studied it out. They would take the wineskin. The first thing they would do is this old empty wineskin is they would submerge it in water. And they would scrub it in that water because they, they submerged it because they wanted the water in it and on it because they had to clean the inside out and they had to clean the, all the debris off the outside. And so as they did, they washed that skin and it became fresh and new again. Amen? Somebody says, uh, Brother Hammond, what are you doing? What are you talking about? Well, you know, in Ephesians 5, what did Jesus say over there in verses 26 and 27? He said he sanctifies the church through the washing of the water of the word. Whoa, hallelujah. 
So you know what God is going to do to get us ready for this new thing? He's going to submerge us or emerge us or put us in the word until that word begins to clean doubt and death and fear and insecurities and unworthiness and woe is me and my past and everything that's been a hindrance. He's going to begin to wash us in the washing of the word and the word sanctify means to set apart for himself. Whoa, hallelujah. See, he wants us to be his vessel. Amen. And you know, it's not just God. You know, in John 15, 3, Jesus said, now are you clean through the word which I've spoken to you? You know how he's going to sanctify us and wash us with the word? We're going to have to hear him speaking into us the word again. And we're going to have to let the word clean up our thinking. We're going to have to clean up our attitudes. It's going to, we have to let the word wash out of us the hurts and the disappointments. It's going to have to wash out of us the insecurities and the, and, and the uncertainties. It's going to have to wash out of us all the little flaws that the enemy keeps throwing in your head until you, he just washes the world completely out of your life. Amen. And see, that's what he's talking That's what the Lord's talking about here. Yeah, and it's just not the Lord doing it. We have to cooperate with him. You hold your place there and look in 2 Corinthians, the 7th chapter. 2 Corinthians chapter 7, the apostle Paul tells us something about the word and what we're supposed to do with it. This is what he says. 2 Corinthians 7, 1. Therefore, having these promises, beloved... Let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. You know what that means? I need to get committed to the word again. See, folks, we can't be former word people. We have to be present day word people. Amen. We need that word coming back alive in us. Your faith won't live on yesterday's revelation. Are you hearing me? See, this is the thing you've got to understand. Every time you fight sickness, you have to get back in the Word and let the Word wash you from that just like it did the time before. I mean, how many parents in here, if your kids came in, you washed them down real good for dinner, and you let them eat, you know, you say, okay, you know, that was on Monday. (laughs) On Friday, they're sitting there, look like little pig pens. Somebody says, don't you wash them? Well, I washed them Monday. That should be enough. Guess what? Every time they come to the table, did you wash your hands? Well, guess what the Lord is saying? He's saying, I need to wash you, but you need to work with me. You need to take that word, and you need to take that word so much that if you've got a wrong idea, it cleans that idea up. If you've got a wrong thing operating, if you've got a hurt, that word needs to clean that hurt out of you because you can't be filled up with this new wine if you're carrying around all these flaws and all these things that the world has put on you. I want to wash you inside and out until you can stand before me and say, I have been sanctified, set apart, cleansed, and made whole and to my God, my sins are blotted out. I'm washed in the blood of the Lamb. Jesus is my Lord. There's therefore now no more condemnation in my life for I'm in Christ Jesus. And Lord, I want to thank you that you have blotted out my sins and my trespasses for your own sake and you're not remembering and since you don't remember them, neither do I. Hallelujah. And every time the devil hits you with something full of doubt, fear, unbelief, whatever, you just speak the word to him. Hallelujah. Amen. Now you got the 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 the, the wine skin in through its first stage. 
That word's working in you again. It's clean. It's real. It's alive. Hallelujah. But you know, the second stage of getting that wineskin ready was this. I read this. I studied it out. They would take olive oil and rub that wineskin down. They had they just poured oil all over it and just rubbed that oil all through that thing. Now, why would they do that? Because you see, as a wine skin got old, you know, you might bend it in the middle every time to get the wine out. And so what would happen is this, it would form a crease or a wrinkle in that one place. And this is the thing. The trouble with that is this. If you tried to do it some other way, it wouldn't do it because it automatically wanted to bend in that one place. Amen? And so what it, it means is this. The Lord wants to get us to the place where we don't have to do it the same way every time, that we are flexible because all made the, the skins pliable and yielded and flexible. So whoever wanted to squeeze, I can squeeze it on the bottom. I can squeeze it in the middle. I can squeeze it on top. It don't matter where God squeezes because I am submitted, surrendered unto him. Amen? Yeah. In Psalm 92, 10, he says, I am anointed with fresh oil. What's that mean? I need the oil of the Spirit because that's for me. You understand the washing of the water of the Word is for my sake. It's cleaning me up. It's causing me to be a holy vessel sanctified for God. And now I need to be anointed with the oil of the Holy Spirit because that oil is for my sake. Amen. Why do you need that, brother? Because of this. You see, you started off in your Christianity, and, and the word came to you, and it was a revelation. Amen? Faith doesn't happen just because you can quote a scripture. Faith happens when that scripture begins to speak to you, and it jumps off the page and becomes a revelation. Woo! Glory to God. And you see it, and it's real, and it's burning on the inside of you. Yeah. And so we get this great revelation and we start bending with that revelation. Whoa, hallelujah. Every time, yeah, we're just bending and praising God. But over a while, that revelation turns into a ritual. We just do it. We come to church. Whoa, hallelujah. Whether we, you know, and it's the same thing, same place. Why? Because we formed a crease, a wrinkle. And now it's gone from revelation to ritual. To religion. What do you mean? Well, you know, God's been not in our church. We've been doing this way for 20 years and we're going to keep doing this way 20 years, bless God. Don't bring that stuff in here. Okay. Now, what started off as something great has become a religion and religion kills. And now you're walking around, you, you, God can't use you because you've gotten contaminated. Now you're stiff, you're not yielded to Him, and you got a wrinkle. And so you got to get back in the Word because the Word gets the wrinkles out, hallelujah, and it begins to clean you up and you begin to change your mind. You begin to get open and then you get before God and say, Lord, anoint me with fresh oil. Oh, hallelujah. Isaiah 10, 27, it's the anointing oil that destroys the yoke and rolls the burden away. And all of a sudden those yokes begin to just vanish. And now, praise God, I'm soft and pliable. I'm useful. I'm a renewed wine skin. I'm submitted to God. I'm cleaned up. I'm living before the Lord. I'm ready to be used of God. Amen. Now, what's the third part of this thing? Pouring in the new wine. 
Why go through the first two steps and then not go ahead and get a fresh anointing of the Holy Ghost flowing inside of you? Because you see, all the washing of the water of the word and the anointing with oil was to get you in a position where God could put the new wine in you to use you to be a blessing to the world. Amen. The wine isn't for me. The wine is for you. Hallelujah. The oil was for me. The word was for me. But the Holy Ghost power that he puts in me is not for me. It's to make me a witness to you. To make me a blessing to you. So that when you're hurting, God can squeeze and boom, here it comes. Hallelujah. Because I'm filled up and overflowing. And he can use me anywhere, anyhow, any way he wants to because I'm washed in the word, I'm anointed by the Holy Ghost, and I'm filled up with the new wine of his spirit. Amen. And you know what happens when you start getting filled with that new wine? You expand. You, and that's why they have to get that, that wine skin pliable again. That's why he said you can't put that brand new fresh wine in that old wine skin. It'll, it, that, when it starts you know, getting a little life in it, He'll start expanding and he'll blow that dead wine skin wide open. Amen. But you see, I'm anointed now so God can keep expanding me and putting more power in me. And when he wants to, he can flow out of me and just touch somebody's life. But you know, you look over here in Ephesians chapter 5 and, and you can see something else that takes place when that new wine gets on the inside of you. Ephesians chapter 5 the apostle Paul is writing here to the church. He says in verse 18, listen to what he says. And be not drunk with wine in which is dissipation or excess or, or, or corruption, but be filled with the Spirit. The Amplified says, be continuously filled and stimulated with the Holy Spirit. Ever filled and stimulated with the Holy Spirit. You know what he's talking about? He's relating the infilling of the Holy Spirit with new wine. He's, he's saying, he's saying, don't go out here. You know, if you get full of new wine, it'll it'll affect the way you talk, where you do, where you go, and what you do. He says, don't do the world wine. Come and do the Holy Ghost wine. And just get so full that it begins to change who you are. Amen? What happens whenever I let this, this power of the Holy Ghost get on the inside of me? All of a sudden, he says, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Woo, somebody says, I, I don't do that. We'll get full of new wine. God may squeeze you and a spiritual song may come out of you. Hallelujah. Or a psalm or a, or a praise, praise God. And then he goes on and he says, he says, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Have you ever caught yourself, you know, you should be walking around going, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus, glory to God. And you just drive along singing to yourself. Praise God. Woo. Somebody pulls up beside you and says, what? And, you know, they, turn, they, they roll the window and say, what you singing over there? I'm singing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs and having, making melody in my heart to the Lord. Hallelujah. <laughs> glory to God. But you know what you're doing? That new wine in you has made you a different person. Your attitude is one of praise. Your attitude is one of blessing. Your attitude is one of thanksgiving. Your attitude is one of ministry. Your attitude is I'm here to help. God, anytime you want to squeeze me, just go ahead. Because I will allow you to pour out of me everything you are to be a blessing to somebody else. Amen? 
In Acts 1.8 it says, and you shall receive power. Amplified says it this way, but you shall receive power, ability, efficiency, and might. After that, the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses. You shall be. Why is, it, why is he doing this? To make me a witness, to make me a praise in the earth. To make me his people so that when you get around me, you can't be around me but very long until you say, you must be a Christian. Jesus must be your Lord. People don't act like that that don't know Jesus. We should be able to walk in with the anointing of God on our lives by the power of the Holy Spirit and immediately the atmosphere begins to change. Amen. And it should be there all the time. You know, I, I tell you what, we think that God's wanting to just do these things in the church sanctuary. He's wanting to do them everywhere. Listen, I've had some great things take place in my life. Uh, you know, I've got a, an elder in our church. He, he, he owns a golf course, and so I led him to the Lord and got him filled with the Holy Ghost, and him and his wife have been there, and they grew and stuff. And he, he told me back years ago, he said, Pastor, you take care of me on Sunday, and I'll take care of you on the rest of the week. Hallelujah. He, he said, you got a lifetime, just come play. And, we'll, and so we get together, and we'll play some every now and then. And so this is years ago. And so we were out there, and, and we're on the first hole. We... He hits, man, ooh, I go, glory to God. And so, you know, then, then I'm getting ready, and I, I hit, and I went, uh, okay. And so, you know, we're, we're about to get in the cart, and he looks at me and says, Pastor, is that somebody calling your name out? Somebody call, sound like somebody's yelling for you. Stop, let's listen, we're, we're, we just teed off. And I hear somebody going, Pastor, I'm Pastor, and just, just a pitiful and he says, where's that coming from? So he looks in a, a fair way over here. Guy's just zigzagging in a cart all over the place, coming across the fairway toward us. And he comes pulling up, and, and he's kind of hanging on, you know, the cart and stuff, and, he's, and he comes, hits the brake, and stops. And he goes, ah, pray for me, pray for me, Pastor. I said, I walked over, and he's starting to swell up. I said, what is it? He goes, I got stung, and I've got, I'm deathly allergic to things, and, and I can't get to the doctor, and I don't have the medicine with me, and, and I'm going to die. And I said, God, what am I going to do? And I looked over and saw you and Ed, and, and, and the Lord said, go have Pastor up and pray for you. So he didn't go to my church, okay? He's a Christian, but he didn't go to our church. And he said, he said, lay hands on me quick. Yeah, I'm glad I had some wine in me that day. See what I just come on. And we went over, laid hands on him, rebuked those things. And in just a few moments, all the swelling left. And he's standing there. And he said, thank God you saved my life. Hallelujah. You know, he lived 20 years after that. This has been over 20 years. He, and he told everybody in the tri-state his miracle that he received on the golf course. Well, I want to tell you something, folks. God doesn't just want to use me or pastor or anybody. He wants to use all of us, this people. He didn't say these apostles or these He said this people I have formed for myself that they may be glorious and bring praise to me. Amen? So God is wanting to wash us in this moment. Why? He's wanting to do some new things, but he's got to clean us up. He's got to anoint us with fresh oil, and then we've got to get before him and say, Lord, just fill me now. Fill me through the, with the power of the Holy Ghost. Make me a witness. Use me, Lord. Here am I. Amen? So the question is this. Are we going to be that people that allow God to do a work in us so he can do a work through us 
to touch this nation in this hour. I choose to be that person, amen? I choose to say, God, wash me, cleanse me, purge me, get out of anything that's hindering me, get it out. Lord, I'm making a recommitment to the word. I'm going to receive that word. I don't care if I've read it a thousand times. I'm going to go read that scripture again and meditate on it until it jumps back off that page and becomes rhema in my mind and heart again. Lord, I'm going to let you help me to see bad thoughts, bad attitudes, wrong things that maybe snuck in over the time and help me to just wash it out and cleanse myself and get rid of it. And then, Lord, I'm coming into your presence, and I'm going to do what David said. Lord, I believe you to exalt my horn like that of a wild ox. Fill me with excessive strength and stately grace, and anoint me with fresh oil. Hallelujah. Because I want to be yielded and pliable and flexible and totally surrendered, so whatever you want, you can do. Amen? And Lord, now that you got me ready, just go ahead and give me a fresh anointing of that Holy Ghost and just fill me up with the power of the Holy Ghost and pour out of me life that brings blessing and help to everybody around me. Amen? Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father, we thank you now and praise you for this word. We thank you for the anointing. Lord, we just set ourselves to be these renewed wineskins. Lord, we thank you that you're just not leaving us like we were. But Lord, you're doing a mighty work in us so that you can do a mighty work with us. And Holy Spirit, we just yield ourselves to you right now. And Lord, we yield to the word. We yield to the washing of the water of the word. Lord, we, we just refuse to let the world determine our attitudes, our words, our thoughts. Lord, you said that we are to take the mighty weapons that we have from you and to cast down the arguments and the things that try to come against the truth and to wash ourselves, to take these exceeding great and precious promises that are yes and amen and use them to wash ourselves and cleanse ourselves from anything that would hinder our faith. And so we do. And Lord, we just, we just come to you and thank you that you anoint us with fresh oil. Oh, hallelujah. Lord, you bring the oil of joy back into our lives. We just set ourselves to receive that oil of joy. We cast off mourning and struggles, and we just yield to you right now, Holy Spirit. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for getting the wrinkles out and the creases out and the hardness out and the hurts out and the things that would hinder out. And Lord, thank you for making us brand new, renewed in you. Oh, we praise you tonight, Lord. We just praise you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. We worship you right now. We yield to you right now. Each one of us, search your heart. Yield to God. And this tonight, let's make the commitment right here, right now. Lord, we're going to yield to your word and your word is going to be the truth that sets us free. Your word is going to be our shield and our buckler. Your truth is going to be what we live by. And it's going to cleanse us and keep us cleansed. And then let's, let's, let's set ourselves tonight to receive that fresh oil of the Spirit. Hallelujah. You know, if you haven't been able to get your hands up, you need some oil on those joints. 
if you haven't had a praise in your mouth, you probably need to get some oil on those jaws. And, you know, and, and if you haven't been able to, to just praise God, maybe you need to just get some oil from the top of your head flowing right down to the tip of your toes until you are yielded and flexible to God. Amen. And when you get to that point, then you're ready to say, Now, Lord, fill me up with new wine until it flows out of me in psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, and power, and a witness unto the world. Thanks again so much for listening to this episode. If you'd like to get more of our content, you can subscribe wherever you're listening, whether that's on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, etc. You can also watch our weekend messages at youtube.com forward slash anchor faith when they air every Thursday night at 6 p.m. Subscribe to us so you never miss a message and leave us a comment or a like. It really does help. You sharing, rating, and commenting on this podcast and any of our content is the best way to keep it in circulation for others to be influenced with this message of God's kingdom. So please consider sending a link to friends and family, sharing on social media, or simply giving us a rating. And finally, if you'd like more information about Anchor Faith Church and support the work we're doing from St. Augustine, Florida in igniting the city, impacting the nation, and influencing the world, you can visit us at anchorfaith.com. Oh,